1: SciShow Tangents, the lightly competitive knowledge showcase, starring some of the geniuses that make the YouTube series SciShow happen. Lightly competitive, only lightly, right?
3: I'm w- gonna win today.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Passionate. We're joined today by <laughs> Stefan Chin, as I, always. Yeah. And uh, what's your tagline? Leftover bread.
0: Sam Schultz is also here.
1: Hi. Sam, what's
0: your tagline? Incandescent label. <laughs> oh, great. <Whoa>. Good one.
1: <laughs> Sari's here too.
2: Yep, I am.
1: What's your tagline, Sari? Part cat, part bird, all muscle. And I'm Hank Green. I am going to be here at like 80% today, and my tagline
0: mm. is robot spectacles. 80% is pretty good. I've yeah. been here at less than 80%. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, me oh, too. Frequently. I'll
2: try to be at 120%. percent going to make up for like it, it? Ready it.
0: for it. Yeah. Wow. It's a lofty goal, I feel like.
2: <laughs> it's very ambitious for me, especially. <laughs> <but> <laughs> 120% of
1: your usual. Yeah. Every week here on Slash your Tangents, we get together to try to one-up a maze and delight each other with science facts. We're playing for Glory. We're also playing for a Hank box, which are the way that we keep score. Why? Don't ask too many questions. For this, the scariest month of all, October, we're having a great time doing something a little different. Each episode is featuring a topic that is one of our panelists' greatest fears, and Sari is going to introduce this one with a science poem.
2: When creatures of flesh and bone drop dead, their organs red, their insides shred. The cells they lice, the bacteria feast, the beast has ceased to breathe, they scream. (sighs) Wood bones sway too and crash and fall as fungi small both grow and sprawl. They rot the insides more and more, in every pore they spread their spore. Before we're dust, we're goop and grime, and I for one detest this slime. But someday this body will give way and to my dismay I will decay.
0: Ooh! That's
1: a real poem. (laughs) percent! Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I need that horn noise.
0: You always write real poems when it's your turn. Oh, yeah. None of us can do real poems except tank sometimes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. The topic of the day is decay, decomposition. So, like, after a living thing has died, it's inevitable journey from organ Organized to random again.
0: Entropy. Entropy.
1: And that involves a lot of goop
0: and gross. Yes. Yeah, Little buggies crawling in places. Some buggies doing mm.
1: it. Yuck. The weird thing is that, like, decomposition can happen or- inorganically. So you can, you can decompose without life, but it happens much faster mm. when there's, like, life helping it happen. There's, mm. like, this sort of question, of what would happen if there was just a dead body in space? Mm. And even that would... Decay in a way, it would oh, get sort of broken down by those solar rays, solar rays, mm. meteors, get a nice tan, Hitting. eventually, tiny <laughs> meteors will rip you up. Yeah, yeah.
0: they'll
2: just be yep. like Swiss cheese in space. Oh,
0: yeah. this, this topic really made me extremely uncomfortable as I was researching it. Are you also afraid of decomposition? I think I'm more afraid of like dying. Oh, uh-huh. thinking mm. about dying, right? But <laughs> he like probably yeah, and it's like this body,
1: which is like well, held itself together quite nicely for yeah. 40 years, just to, uh not anymore. Yeah, and I was looking
0: up, like, mummies. I thought mummies would be fun. (laughs) Mummies are not fun. (laughs) Why are you afraid of this?
2: I don't have, like, many big fears, but it's something that always creeps me out, which Mm. feels like the Mm -hmm. general sense of October. Like, Mm -hmm. mowing the lawn or something and coming across a dead bird or a dead mouse, Uh my instinctual reaction is, (laughs) 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 back away, I'm scared, I don't want to deal with it. So whatever instinct is deep in my brain of like dead equals disease, mm-hmm. trotting is bad, yep. bacteria, maggots, whatever, yep. is dialed up mm. to whatever it can be. Or like reading about things like maggot therapy mm-hmm. grosses me out. Yeah, So where, I don't know, you have dead skin and it's easier to
0: on place, a living person. On a
2: living yeah. person, you have dead skin. Yeah. And it's easier, instead of, like, cutting it out with a scalpel, you, like, have sterilized maggots that just yeah. eat away uh, at the flesh. sterilized. Don't worry about it. I hate it. I hate
1: it. You can't. It's been in the autoclave. No, there's no, <laughs> no such thing as a sterilized
2: <laughs> maggot. And then I looked at pictures of them to prepare for this episode. I don't know why. I just wanted to be yeah. peak disgusted going in here. Yeah,
1: I definitely, I, I went intentionally in a direction that did not allow for me to see <laughs> anything actually decomposing. I
2: mean, it's like a very important part of biology. Yeah, and it's sort of how the, the,
1: last, the last step in the energy chain, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Making sure the nutrients that were absorbed into this one organism get recycled back into the environment. Mm-hmm. And Pretty much nothing would live unless we had this recycling decomposers. Yeah. decomposers. Putting nit- nitrogen back in the environment and carbon and oxygen—I don't know, a bunch of stuff. Yeah.
0: But they're still nasty.
2: Good, but nasty.
1: It just reminds you that, like, we're so far from equilibrium. Living things are just like all the good chemistry that keeps them together. As soon as that chemistry stops, it just falls apart.
2: Yeah. Mm. Like, quite literally, your cells start exploding, and then the bacteria mm-hmm. produce so much gas, and then your skin starts sloughing <laughs> off, and your eyes glaze <laughs> over, and it's like.
1: Cuss, cuss, cuss. And now it's time for. <laughs> One of our panelists, it's Sam this week, has brought three science facts for us to enjoy, but two of them are freaking lies. Mm -hmm. We have to pick the true one, and we'll get a Hank buck if we do. If not, Sam gets the buck. Sam,
0: what are your three... Fact. All right. So today I'm going to talk about the cute kid-friendly version of decomposition, composting. Oh, okay. <laughs> and in the U.S., Washington state is one of the most prolific and progressive composters that there are yeah. with mandatory composting and curbside pickup oh. and all that stuff to make it really easy. So mandatory composting? What happens if I don't put my banana peel out? Probably get fined. I don't know. You're from Washington. What happens? Do I go to jail?
2: I never Compost went to jail, jail for not composting. But composting was really normalized growing up because we had the garbage bin, Recycling bin and compost bin, oh, right. wow. like in the back, like yard waste compost. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And those were like our three things. And we, we learned which to throw in which one. They drill it into you yeah. to be mm. environmentally friendly and do that. If
1: I'm about to puke in Washington, Ooh.
3: Would, Ooh, would I puke bin? in the
1: trash bin or the compost bin? Uh, what do you eat. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of Snickers wrappers. <laughs> Rappers. Wow. Rappers? No, you can't, can't do
0: that. <laughs> All right. Sh- <laughs> so which one of these is a real composting program practiced in the state of Washington? Ooh. Number one, straw urinals in parks where public urination is a problem. The idea is that public peers would use them at least every now and then, and cities can use the urine-soaked grass for composting. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> called PP days, where people are invited to urinate into or pour saved urine onto municipal compost heaps. Wait. Or number three. Okay, keep going. (laughs) Human body composting, where bodies are buried in containers with plant matter and allowed to break down naturally. The compost is then given back to the family of the deceased.
1: So, our three facts are straw urinals in parks, pee pee days, (laughs) (laughs) where people are invited to bring their pee pee out, Uh (laughs) or human composting, where you get buried in the box and then they give the compost.
0: Who's they? The place where you put them in the box. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the people with the box. The people with the box. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a, it's like a company, and the way that someone would cremate you, but instead they make dirt. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And then I make carrots
0: out of and my grandma. Grandma. I, uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I do. You know, Maybe I... this is very Washington of me to love this idea that I could eat my grandma, <laughs> 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 but like in a wholesome way. Yeah,
3: yeah, not cannibalism. Yeah,
2: you could like literally oh. have grandma's oh. cake or something or grandma's yeah. pie because she would uh-huh. be in the pie
0: come on oh, oh. <laughs> be, cool. <laughs> be, cool.
2: be cool i'm breaking 120 today yeah you see? really
0: are <laughs> you're tapping into something i'm not comfortable with oh, two two so i know that there have been
1: weirdnesses with body disposal and that there are lots of regulations around it but i don't know mm. if those are state-based or federal so this doesn't help me figure the answer to this question out because I know that there are places where composting human bodies has been like, people want to do it, and they're like, no, you can't. You have to fill them with a bunch of toxic stuff and bury them in a friggin' mm. – like, there's only one way you can do it, and it's the way that the funeral homes want you to do it because it costs a bunch of money.
3: But I feel like there's a lot of, like, quote-unquote green way body disposal methods that have come out in the recent yeah. years. And so, like, I've yeah, heard, I've you get, heard like, a a about green a lot.
1: coffin, like coffins yeah. that are not designed to, like, protect your – Stupid mortal coil, Mm -hmm. useless flesh sack that, like, I don't care if it's in a comfy, cozy box and gets preserved for an extra 20 years. Mm -hmm. Like, it's still going to become worms. It's not about (laughs) you at that point. I also don't care if anyone I love becomes (laughs) worms in 20 or 40 Mm. or 60 years. They are the same amount of time. Yeah, I agree with that.
3: I'm willing to be liquefied. Mm-hmm. Liquefied? Well, I don't know. I, yeah, that's one to, take it to can, another level. You can
0: also become a diamond, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you can also maybe that one's tree. better. Yeah,
1: just plant a tree
0: on me. I like so. Stefan becoming a diamond. I can see that. Uh,
1: you know? Yeah. I prefer <laughs> that to liquid Stefan. If it was going to be something I got to keep. If you got yeah.
0: Stefan in a
2: jar or yeah. Stefan
1: <laughs> a diamond. Yeah, I'd prefer Stefan in a diamond. Oh. Just some kind of Stefan that I could hold in my hand yeah. without having having to wash afterward.
2: I think it'd be funny, you know, like a pop bottle or something. Uh,
3: Like a two liter? We could
2: maybe have like a six pack
3: of Stefan. Oh. And then every like ten years you pop one open. No.
2: Would you drink Stefan juice for a million (laughs) dollars?
3: If it was safe, like the maggots, I've been through the autoclave. Cool. You're all in trouble. Sam,
2: will you drink <laughs> one Stefan? <laughs> I will take the hit.
0: Okay. But I'll answer the th- question if you take a get a Hank bug I'll get a hang because I do okay. want
2: to know if you will drink one Stefan. Uh, for might for keep... a million
0: dollars? Yeah, yeah. I'd do anything for a yeah. million <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, no, drink no, yeah. <laughs> i drink myself. I too.
1: Yeah, same. <laughs> okay. So does Sarah you're now at negative one point? You, yeah. I'm at zero because yes. I had back, a Back down to zero? Wow. It's a good poem. Sorry I had to waste it like that. <laughs> so the other two are PP ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sari, Resident Compost Expert is PP good yeah. for composting. I have
2: no idea. I apparently did not learn as much about composting as I thought it would. Probably mm-hmm. there's bacteria in it. But there's not
1: very much bacteria in urine. That's one of the things. Is that like we used to think it was sterile? But it turns out it's a little bit not sterile. Mm. Is there ammonia in there too? Sure, there's lots of nitrogen. Is it old
3: pee on PP Day or is it like fresh pee? It's It's kind of pee. I doubt PP Day
2: because who would want to carry jars of pee?
3: Just right, Washingtonian. Washington. Yeah. yeah, Washington. <laughs> Everyone in Washington walks around with a mason jar. So mm. they just it in fine, case. So that they can or with pee.
2: catheters. <laughs>
0: oh, that's a great idea. You, get,
2: you move to the state of Washington, you get your catheter. Well, the
0: catheter goes into the mason jar. <laughs> right. It just dri- it's like the mason jar is strapped to your
1: ankle. <laughs> you just dribble into oh, it all day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so straw urinals in parks Seems like super plausible to me Because mm-hmm. you basically you just want Somewhere to, for people to pee mm-hmm. And then you have enough straw You can compost it And mm-hmm. oh. it's better than just letting it soak into the ground. I'm going to go with straw urinals. I'm not going to let Ooh. any of you guys steal it before I get to it.
2: <laughs> I'm going to go with Hugh, the, decompos- uh, the human body human, one. Human whatever. compost. Yeah, away. Turn me into dirt. I like
3: pee-pee days. You like pee-pee days? Yeah. Okay, yeah <laughs> pee-pee feels... days,
1: I will be over the moon for Bring you. Bring
0: out your mm-hmm. pee. A couple months ago, it was announced that starting in May 2020... In Washington, it's totally legal to compost human beings. No. There's already a company yeah. that does it, and then but it's, and now but they're it's breaking like, the law. They're breaking the law, I think. But yeah. everybody's like, ah, it's fine. Uh, the company is called Recompose, and they okay, god, put you in a box <laughs> with straw, bark, and alfalfa, and they turn you into soil, which you can then donate to be planted to like plant in a in a in a public park bed or like a tree or something. Or they give it back to your family and they, can they can grow grandma carrots. carrots. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little unclear to me because it seemed like at first they wanted to treat it like human ashes, the same rules as human mm-hmm. ashes. Mm-hmm. But I think this new legalization of it will make it so that it is just treated like Compost instead of human right. ashes, <laughs> so you couldn't be dumping it like in public legally. I don't think I don't know how long
1: it takes to turn it into compost, but like I got a bunch of stuff in me that I wouldn't necessarily want inside of a carrot. Like I take medicine <laughs> oh. and I, like, yeah, got mercury fillings. Hmm. Maybe it's case by case. I don't yeah. know. Do they take all the teeth out? Oh, god, because you don't want to find Ooh. a teeth in your grandma cake. <laughs> 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 uh. I don't know, you're not like putting the compost directly yeah, into just the cake. <laughs> the <carrot. laughs> I
0: mean, you know,
3: I don't know that. how it got inside the carrot. <laughs> you grow some corn and then like one yeah. of the corn kernels oh, on the cob know. is a tooth. No. What if it
2: was no. one it corn works. but instead of kernels it was teeth? I can't believe that's not a Halloween <laughs> oh. decoration. It's
1: just a whole corn that's just teeth.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Thanks, Sari. I'm Yum. so glad that everybody in the world is thinking about that now. Yes.
0: That's the worst thing I ever heard in my life. <laughs> Uh, pee pee day is a day I made up uh, but in the UK <laughs> oh, no. the national trust which is I think from what I can understand the British version of the national park system mm. basically they protect like heritage sites and stuff there are some parks where employees are encouraged to pee into compost heaps instead of the oh. toilet uh, and number three public urinals uh, in europe are fairly common and they've been around for a long time but last year in paris there was a new breakthrough in public peeing technology because they put out urinals with straw in them and once they're all soaked with pee, they take all the straw and they put them into a composting. breakthrough
1: technology <laughs>
0: yeah put some straw in there next up a short
1: break and then it's time for the fact off
2: Cancel unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S.
1: Welcome back, Hank Buck. Total, Sari, you're coming in with number one. You could have had two.
2: <laughs> I could have had two, but it was worth it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got zero, Stefan's got zero, and Stam's in, Stam is in the lead. Now get ready for the Fact Off. Two of our panelists, me and Stefan, have brought science facts to blow the other's minds. And you, the other panelists, have to decide which fact you want to award your Hank Buck to. We're going to go in order of the person who most recently ate... Dead animal. For lunch, I
3: had a a beef bowl. A beef bowl. A homemade beef bowl.
1: That sounds great. Well, I had ham inside of a hot dog bun not 30 (laughs) minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I guess it's me. I feel like I've set myself up to be going first because I knew how recently I had eaten ham, which was very... So a thing that's rough when you're a virus is that you sometimes infect a host and you take advantage of all of its cellular machinery and you produce so many copies of yourself and everything's going great, but then you accidentally kill the host Mm -hmm. and it dies and all of its cellular machinery doesn't work anymore. And it's just like sad for that organism, but also bad for the virus, right? So when a host of a virus dies, a few things can happen to the virus. The thing is going to decompose, but... The virus also sometimes doesn't make it out okay. Now, sometimes it's able to survive for some time on some bodily fluids, or it might be able to infect something else, or thanks to a variety of factors like sunlight and temperature and radiation, the virus itself can decay. So some scientists wanted to look at virus decay in different benthic deep-sea ecosystems. Because why not? So benthic deep sea ecosystems are when you get super deep in water, but you're also with sediment. So like you're in, uh, you're not like in the middle; you're on the ocean floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these areas can sustain a lot of prokaryotic life, but prokaryotes get infected by viruses a lot and when they die they get they like break open and they release the virus and according to the scientists estimates about 25% of the released viruses end up decomposing and viruses are small and simple so this might not sound like that big of a deal compared to like dramatic gross decomposition of like a giant whale that sunk down there. But it turns out that viruses are having a huge impact on this ecosystem where nutrient availability is a very important thing. So the viruses are already sort of helping out by killing the prokaryotes and making their nutrients available. Mm-hmm. And that releases a bunch of debris for other new organisms to use. But because viruses are really simple, they're just nucleic acids wrapped up in this little protein thing, they get broken down really fast and they are a great source of carbon, especially because they decay much faster compared to a lot of other stuff that's sinking in the ocean. According to that paper, all that decomposition might amount, the virus decomposition, these tiny, tiny, tiny organisms might account for up to 50 megatons every year of nice, Easily consumable carbon, which they believe is an important contributor to the cycling of nutrients like nitrogen and phosphorus and deep-sea prokaryotic metabolism and is thus very important to life overall. 50 megatons of virus decomposition.
3: How much is 50 megatons?
1: All I can say is that if my hand was covered in viruses, it would not be a (laughs) measurable amount of weight.
3: Mm -hmm. And a
1: megaton is a lot.
0: How many elephants?
2: So a megaton is a million tons.
0: Okay. The average
2: elephant weighs around seven tons.
0: So how many elephants? How many
1: elephants? Seven million elephants, about.
2: That's a lot of elephants. (laughs) Yeah. The ocean is just so full of stuff.
3: Isn't the factoid, though, that, like, ants have the most biomass on the planet or something? No, the thing that has the most biomass on the planet
1: is, like, ocean bacteria. Well, this is what it's sounding like. Even on on the, the solid ground, bacteria have more biomass. There's Uh-oh. just so much of them. They're just all up and down the ocean columns. Yeah. So like the surface of the planet is sort of like a film, whereas the oceans are like saturated. They're just mm-hmm. they're deep. There's all this space for stuff to be. Pelagibacter. What's that? Ocean bacteria. <laughs> uh, Pelagibacter <laughs> is a specific species. It is the most abundant species on the planet. Mm. Maybe not including viruses because they're not really alive. Well, it's debatable. It is. I would, I'd go to the mat for viruses. People are always like, viruses aren't alive. And I'm like, well, I don't think they are. They're holding themselves together. They're doing." You think a lot of things are alive. I do. I also think that Google is alive. Do you think certain cars are alive? Yeah, I think probably maybe some cars have like the sort of consciousness of a bacteria. (laughs) Like the thing is, people are like, is it alive? And I'm like, well, if a fucking bacteria is alive, then a car is alive. Mm -hmm. It's making the same decisions. Car can't make another car, though. Is that an important
0: part of it? Not to me.
2: <laughs> that's that's the part important part to a lot of biologists.
1: The thing about our definitions of life is that they're all designed not with an idea of what life is, but with like, this is what life looks like, and so let's try to describe that, but also mm. not describe something that we all agree isn't alive. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's how you should be defining things scientifically. I think that you need a first principle for what what living is. And to me, the first principle of what living is is something that like, Wants something and moves toward it.
0: What's the car want though?
1: A self-driving car wants to not hit other cars. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> We've signed off. Okay, good. On, I, got, I got, I got the, mind. I got the purple couch on board with my fucked up life theory. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Stefan's turn. So, carrion beetles. Those are a group of animals that I completely forgot existed, because luckily I don't interact with dead things that often. Yeah, yeah. Carrion beetles are a family. ...of species, and then there's a specific genus, Nicrophorus, that is burying beetles. What they do with carcasses (laughs) is that they try to find a somewhat fresh one (laughs) because they don't want to compete with maggots. And then they dig a hole under it so that it sort of falls in and they can bury it. While they're doing that, apparently they take all the hair off and they are secreting a bunch of liquids with their mouth and anus... Uh, that ends oh. up covering the carcass. Is it the same secretions out of both ends? Uh, unclear. Okay. <laughs> unclear. It, yeah, it's like twice as efficient with just two nozzles. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> um, after they finish this whole process, it's a pair of them that are doing this. they are only um, two? And oh, so, they do, it, do they do it monogamously? Like they love each other very much and they secrete together? Once it's buried, I think males fight for the reproductive... <laughs> access there but in any case once once they've narrowed it down to a single pair they climb inside and mate which sounds fun and (laughs) 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 not personally for for the beetles and then they lay their eggs inside and when their larvae hatch they like the carcass provides food for them sure but like a carcass is decomposing which is not great for like things that are food, like you lose nutritional value over time, and also the microbes that are decomposing the carcass are also leaving behind toxic byproducts and things that can damage the larva. But researchers knew that corpses that these beetles interacted with did not decompose as rapidly as corpses that were just left Uh out they were studying this one species Nicrophorus vespiloides, to see if they could figure out like what what was going on there and so they were testing like the different micro microbial communities in the carcass and around on the outside of it and they found that this beetle is basically when it's like spewing up all these secretions it's replacing the mm. decomposition microbes with its own like gut microbes oh. mm. and they are good at outcompeting those microbes. Oh. They puke up the good bacteria yeah. into their little sex hole. What animal is this? This is it's a it's a beetle, a burying no, beetle. No, what what, what what animal are they in? Oh, like a mouse or so something fairly small. Yeah, all They're the examples like that I saw were in a, like a rat or a mouse, not <laughs> yeah, not like a cow. Another thing that happens though is when they cover the carcass is that there's a yeast in there that forms this film that like is a protective like casing sort of, so it keeps those microbes from sort of coming back in and furthering the decomposition. And the, and these researchers also tried removing the yeast sac that was containing <laughs> this carcass and found that the the larvae didn't survive as well and also didn't grow as big
2: i'm looking at pictures this is very gross and weird yeah if i saw this on the ground i would recoil yeah and yeah yeah
3: that, that's it. the dead mouse carcass with yeah. some, some larvae with poking out that's its sex hole I yeah see. that's the
2: sex hole <laughs> <thing.
0: laughs> now it all makes sense they make a little mouse house for themselves yeah yes. there's okay. the babies
2: inside the sex hole mm-hmm. oh i don't like oh. that
0: that's a bad thing yeah. to see Mm. But would you like to be born there? It seems that better than a lot of bugs don't even have houses, so yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bug.
0: Yeah, I, I, as
1: long as I have a house, it <laughs> doesn't matter if it's made from a decaying mouse.
0: Because your parents painted it with their butts. Two beetles, four holes. <laughs>
1: One home. All right, those are very good facts. By which I mean, Stefan's was better than mine. <laughs> but I'll let you guys decide. Assign your Hank Bucks. So I'll count down, and then you say who you're signing it to on three. One... Two, three, seven. seven. Ah. <laughs>
2: I love the sexual beetles, yeah. 50 megatons. <laughs> 50 megatons. It's
0: too big a number. We can understand two beetles. <laughs> Four holes, one home. Those are all small. Those are all understandable
2: numbers. I would like that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> or a pillow, embroidered pillow. Embroidered
1: That's, pillow. Okay. Yeah. So warm. And now it's time for Ask the Science Couch, where we have some listener questions for our couch of finely honed
0: scientific minds. At Peach underscore s17 <laughs> asks how long does it really take for my pizza to go bad when i forget to put it in the fridge and leave it on the counter so question.
1: I, I yeah i can answer this not scientifically but experientially Ooh. just that it never goes bad
0: yeah it's <laughs> oh. fine oh. <laughs> what especially no i've never day. had no pizza
1: way. i'd never i've never in my life thrown away pizza have
0: the... you ever gotten sick from pizza
1: no me, either. not that I know of.
2: What is the <laughs> oldest pizza you've eaten, or like the grossest pizza? Uh,
3: probably. A week plus? No. Whoa. That's been Um, left out or refrigerated. Refrigerated.
2: I would get food from around campus. There's like free food mailing lists, and since Mm -hmm. everyone was on their email, they'd be like pizza. Or you just walk by a pizza box, and if it didn't look like people are around, you take it. Like in the trash? Sometimes on the like on top of trash cans. I never rooted around inside, but Mm. it was like no one wants this pizza. It's probably fine. Yeah. No,
1: I've definitely had some pizza from the top of trash cans that I had no idea how old it was.
2: Anyway, apparently the government <laughs> says uh, <laughs> we're all bad people. I'm going to die. But oh. first of all, this is like sort of decomposition question, but yeah. sort of not. I don't know. We're not worried about the breakdown of the pizza compounds and like pizza itself <laughs> uh-huh. is not going to become toxic as it breaks down. It's mm. so the things eating the pizza well, oh, that we're worried gotcha. about. Uh, okay, okay. So it's like the mold or the bacteria growing on top. Mm. So... According to all the official, like school, government, et cetera, websites, you should not eat perishable food if it's been out of the refrigerator for more than two hours. What, what? the hell? Which seems oh like God, what? No. so small. To I me. completely disagree. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah that's... The danger zone is temperatures between 40 and 140 degrees Fahrenheit, which is that's four every temperature and 60 <laughs> degrees Celsius. <laughs> that's every temperature. And that's when bacteria can yeah. multiply the most. And so they were basically like, if your pizza's been out for two hours, more than two hours, don't Mm. eat it. Man,
1: I don't want to say that this podcast, like, don't listen to what we say (laughs) on this podcast, (laughs) but like... Don't, eat, don't eat just throw away your food because it was out for two hours.
2: Um, okay, so the other thing I found, I found a Quora answer. We'll mark the source as such in our show notes. That's,
0: that's, the, geni- <laughs> that's the genius forum. So they're yeah. Jesus, there are geniuses. Yeah, of course. No one's ever been wrong on Quora.
2: <laughs> there was a man on Quora.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Human start. male on Quora says. <laughs>
2: Human male. Here, he has a credential, so I'll read his credential. Timothy Sly. Foodborne diseases epidemiologist, huh. Toronto. Oh, fuck yeah. There you go. <laughs> this so, guy
1: seems legit. I trust Canadians. Mm-hmm. He
2: says mm-hmm.
1: one week, one week. <laughs> pizza <laughs> is
2: not as hazardous as some would have us believe. Let's break it down. So the crust is a yeast based bread. It doesn't stay warm and moist enough for mm-hmm. us to worry too much. The I have tomato... noticed
1: that old pizza has very hard oh, crust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. The
2: tomato sauce is too acidic for the growth of the type of bacteria that we're typically worried about. Okay, cool. Cheese has a low pH from lactic fermentation and very low water activity. This
1: this must be why I'm alive.
2: Veggies are not able to grow, like, the types of... Uh, Staphylococcus.
1: None of the cold bacteria. pizza I've ever eaten has had
0: vegetables on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the, uh, and stuff like semi-dry pepperoni ha- also has a low water activity. Yeah,
0: you can leave that stuff out forever.
2: So, yeah, goes on. Yeah, it's a salted meat. <laughs> Ham is the, apparently one of the most dangerous things you can have on pizza because yeah. it's moist oh,
0: meat. That's
1: great Hawaiian to know.
2: Pizza. Yeah. But, bottom line, there's very little threat of a foodborne illness from unrefrigerated pizza left out overnight. This All is right. specifically overnight. For
3: seven or <laughs> eight overnight. nights. Is yeah. what it says right <laughs> so after that
0: is <laughs> um, non-perishable. I think that's what we're learning. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's, basically, it's a dry
3: good. Basically <laughs> <laughs> Shelf stable. <laughs> yeah. There's I'm just like very
2: low that. rates of foodborne illness right. because of pizza overnight.
1: And the US government is saying, like, in the worst case scenario, do not eat your wet meat if yeah. it's been out for 2 hours.
2: <laughs> yes. And I think yeah. like college campuses are saying this too because they don't want to encourage yeah, their students to eat yeah. wet meat. Don't leave yeah.
1: your steak tartare out at room temperature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And and so like a big concern with these kinds of things because it is worth mentioning more actual science. So Staphylococcus aureus is one of the big ones, but then there's mm. also E yeah. coli and Salmonella and things like that. A couple of these that Start growing on food or multiplying on food, produce heat stable toxins, and that's what makes us sick. So, like, oh. even if we microwave the food afterward or heat it up afterward, uh. the toxin is heat stable. So, the, that's yeah, the why.
1: bacteria die, mm-hmm. but the the bad poop they made sticks oh, around. No.
2: Yeah, and so that's I why
1: microwaving was fixing
3: <laughs> me too. It. No. Well,
2: well, ish. Yeah, but <laughs> that's why food safety is so much about like. Cooking it to the correct temperature and then preserving it and refrigerating Mm, it to stop bacteria growth altogether. Because if you let bacteria grow then there's a chance that they're producing toxins that won't get destroyed right. by you reheating.
1: If you want to ask the Science Couch your questions, follow us on Twitter at SciShowTangents. That also makes us feel better, where we will tweet out the topics for upcoming episodes every week. Thank you to at IsabellaCarls3, at Anatomythical, and everybody else who tweeted us your questions for this episode. Final Hank Buck scores. Sari, you've got one. I've got negative one. Jeez, Hank, that's not helping you in the standings. <laughs> Sam has two and Stefan has two. Ooh. If you like the show and you want to help us out, it's easy to do that. You can leave us a review wherever you listen. That helps us know what you like about the show. And we'll be looking to iTunes reviews for topic ideas for future episodes. Leave your topic ideas in your iTunes reviews, everybody. Second, you could tweet out your favorite moment from the episode. And finally, if you want to show your love for SciShow Tangents, tell, tell people, people about us. We also did an episode of SciShow Tangents cross over with Dear Hank and John, my podcast giving advice with my brother, except my brother wasn't there, and instead, it was you guys. Thanks for doing that. Thank you. If you want to read more about any of today's topics, we have our show notes at scishowtangents.org with all of our sources, and maybe a picture of a decaying mouse sex hole. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. I have been Hank Green. I've been Sari Riley. I've been Stefan Chin. And I've been Sam Schultz. SciShow Tangents is a co-production of Complexly and the Wicked Wonderful Team at WNYC Studios. It's created by all of us and produced by Caitlin Hoffmeister and Sam Schultz, who also edits a lot of these episodes along with Hiroko Matsushima. Our eerie editorial assistant is Deboki Chakravarti. Our sinister sound design is by Joseph Tuna Medish. Our scary social media organizer is Victoria Bongiorno. And we couldn't make any of this without our putrid patrons on patreon. And remember, the mind is not a coffin to be filled, but a jack-o'-lantern to be lighted.
2: <laughs> but one more thing. Because decomposition means a lot of fluids, uh, morticians have different ways of keeping corpses from leaking out of their wet holes, including the butt. And so they use things like diapers, cotton, or other absorbent things shoved up there, or what's known as an AV plug, not audio video, but anal vaginal, Uh, which is basically uh, just a plastic stopper that they stick into bodies. uh, Oh, uh,
0: morticians, God bless you.